G'day, g'day. Was here, Tradies Business Show. You're listening to it. Hey, have you ever wondered what happened to some of those people you used to watch in TV shows or here on the radio? It's it's that whole where are they now thing. I think they've even made a couple of programs over the years that do that. Not that I watch much television. But uh, I actually thought it'd be cool to do a where are they now series of interviews. I've had a whole lot of guests on the show in the last 180 episodes and Today's episode 181 of the Tradies Business Show, and it's the first cab off the rank for my Where Are They Now series, and um, I'm chatting with a guest we had on the show back in episode 70, I think it was. Um, I do get it right in the recorded uh, interview that I do with James, but um, it's been a lot of water under the bridge in the last couple of years, and uh, fascinating to see where James the Painter has ended up over the last two years and what he's doing now. And I think you might be a little bit surprised, actually, uh, where this guy's ended up. So what I would suggest is stop this episode and go and listen to the episode I did with Michaela back in the day uh, with James from Paintway. Go and have a listen to that and then listen to today's episode. And just, uh, yeah, compare and contrast. It's a really important thing to do for yourself, too, is uh, check where you've come from over time. Have a look back and uh, and see how far you've come. So, uh, yeah, a few interesting comments today. Now, um, today's episode is uh, marked as explicit because um, James is a painter. And apparently, painters use a few naughty words here and there. So if you're easily offended... Um, or even if you're not easily offended, I mean, you know, it doesn't get too heavy, but he just uses some adult language to describe situations. Um, if that offends you, then I'd suggest you don't listen. Uh, you have been warned. Otherwise, tune in. It's a tradies podcast. I mean, crikey, you've probably heard worse than that on uh, building sites and around the place. So um, enjoy today's episode. Make sure you leave some comments on the Facebook page, Tradies Business Show. You'll go and find me there. Or uh, go to the website, tradiesbusinessshow.com, and uh, you can subscribe and get your free Get Off The Tools Guide. Uh, or go to iTunes and subscribe on iTunes. Leave me a review, and that way you'll always get all of the episodes of the Tradies Business Show. Anyway, that's enough babbling on from me. I'll uh, let you listen to James the Painter. Welcome to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell. Talking business ownership, the nuts and bolts, and everything in between. So joining me today on the Tradies Business Show is, well, I think I'd call him a friend. Uh, I've known him for a while now, and uh, he's a previous guest on the show back in episode 70. Uh, Probably a little different setting James wasn't feeling as comfortable then as he is today. Uh, He was sitting in a very hot seat in that episode. If you haven't heard it, go back and have a listen. It's a good episode. Uh, But James has come back for another go. So welcome back to the show, James. G'day, Was. Glad to be back, mate. (laughs) Good to have you here, mate. Uh, So, James, you are, well, the co-owner, I I suspect. We better not leave your beautiful wife out of the equation, mate, or we'll both be in trouble here. But uh, you're the co-owner of a business called Paintway. And um, back when Michaela and I were doing the show, we uh, we grilled you uh, just over two years ago now, mate. Yeah, doesn't time fly? Oh, absolutely. And I want to um, I want to do a series of where are they now episodes, and you're the first cab off the rank, mate. So um, well, thanks for thinking of me. <laughs> I thought it'd be good to get you back and just 
um, have a chat about, I suppose, the last two years. Like, what's happened for you? I know my last two years, when I think back, has been pretty epic and there's been a lot of change for me. But uh, maybe tell us a bit about two years ago, if you can remember back that far, mate. I don't know if you've got any brain cells uh, oh, that have survived that long. Well, two years is Two and a half years has gone quite fast, to be honest. Um, but the amount of change that's happened in that time is, well, I'd say it's life-changing. It really is. It's been more of a journey of self-discovery and self-development more so than than growing a business. Like, obviously, there's some skills I had to change and things I had to learn, but uh, very, very much a personal journey. Yeah, right. So when we spoke to you back in uh, 2015, it was... Uh, you still you had the business and you've had the business for quite some time now. Yeah. Um, think back those couple of years ago, mate. What were some of the, I guess, challenges that you were wrestling with? Some of your frustrations back then. Where do I start? Like, <laughs> um, it's a long list, mate. <laughs> like uh, we say that this has taken two two and a half years for me to go from being fundamentally on the tools to just running the business, but it's been longer than that was because all. The whole time I was actually on the tools, I hated being on the tools. So I always had this in the back of my mind, when am I going to do it? How am I going to do it? And it's not until you get disturbed enough, you go, fuck this, I don't want to do this anymore. And then you start changing things, right? And uh, before you come along, I was battling with trying to get staff, uh, you know, getting them to do some jobs, trying to run jobs. Of course, that nearly ruined my business because they would not do the job that I would do. Uh, I still had a lot of control issues, which I had to learn to to let go. But you can't do that until you've got good staff. And to get good staff, you've got to go through the shit staff to get the good ones. So um, now I've gotten off track. <laughs> You're getting all fired up about what oh, was yeah. wrong with the business and everything else. Yeah. You, you mentioned, uh, I suppose, uh, that personal journey or personal growth. Uh, and I know I've asked you this question before in a little video we did a while back, but what were some of the biggest changes that you made over this past couple of years that's got you to where you are now? You mean like personally that's reflected in the business? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess uh, you, you realise what you're not good at and you also have to let go of control not only in the business with stuff but in other areas of your life. You, you've got to start trusting your ability and start backing yourself um and that, that's what i mean by personal journey it's 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 really hard to put into words to be honest because you do it every day and it's not until you look back you go fuck yeah i've, I've done this and I've, I've managed to do that and I've, I've you know my mindset's definitely different now um i can now scale the business in a proper way rather than stressing out about all the little issues that were stopping us from growing Mm, mm. How important is it, do you think, to actually look back, mate? Like to, to look back on where you've come from? It's important so long as you don't stay there. Like, I found too, I had a problem with getting some success and going, woohoo, I've made it, and then stop. You know, and I, I used to do that when I was training in the gym as well. I've recently gone back to the gym and training consistently. But I used to have this thing where, you know, I was, I was looking for that comfort all the time, and it kept me trapped most of my life particularly in business and personally as well. So when you get to the point where you realize you've got to be uncomfortable to get a result, now what's happened, it's completely flipped. Now if I'm getting comfortable, I start to get nervous because every time I've gotten comfortable in the past, things have gone to shit and I have to spend the next six months fixing it. So now it's completely opposite. Yeah. Mm. So last couple of years, mate, uh, you've done a lot of work obviously and, and made quite a few changes. Very different business now. 
uh, we're sitting here just after lunch on a weekday, and you're not wearing painter's clothes. I can't see any paint on your body, mate. There's none on your sneakers. You uh, won't either, was. You've just come from the gym. You've, you look very relaxed. You obviously didn't work out hard enough. but uh, <laughs> I did yesterday. I did chest yesterday. So. <laughs> uh, but, mate, that's a very different scenario to probably what a lot of uh, my listeners would be experiencing in their business or have experienced in the past. Yeah. Describe your business now. Like, what, what does your business look like um, that it allows you to, to have this time flexibility, mate? Well, I guess it's more about um, what I've been able to create from the skills that I've had to learn. So, in other words, there are a lot of painters with bigger businesses than mine that are still on the tools because they can't trust anybody to do it. So, I've having, having brought you on board back in 2015, um, you showed me some skills and some things to do to manage that properly. So now I've still only got a crew of three or four at any one time, but I'm just not on the tools. I have not done a job, not even a touch-up now, for well over a year and a half, probably approaching two years now. So um, my hours are scattered, but I do have some regimented things. Like in, in the morning, I'll get up, uh, have some, spend some time with Mel, then I'll go into my office, I'll make calls, reply to emails, I'll go and check on the job, check on the boys, uh, do anything that needs to be done with them. Uh, then I'll come back to the office. I'll do more more of that sort of stuff. Or I'll do a quote or I'll do some follow-ups. Then I've got my gym, as we just talked about. Every day, religiously, 12.30, that's it. It's done. It's part of, my, um, part of my new life, I guess. And in the afternoon, from when I finish training, I have some lunch, then I've got time to spend doing the things that I want to do, providing there's no problems at work. And they do pop up from time to time, but... Um, I, I guess it's about the freedom that this is what I'd always wanted. Uh, funny, funny though, the, the downside of that is sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough. Sometimes mm. I, I get to that point where little voice in the back of my head says, mm. you know, shouldn't you be doing a touch-up? Maybe yep. you could go and help the boys for a couple of hours. Maybe, can't you do some more? Like, I've, and Mel's beat me on this. Like She said, you know, just just relax and enjoy what, what you've you've." Um, managed to, to, to achieve. But that's what I was saying before, you know, you, you get back to that point where um, you get, start to get comfortable and you start to get nervous and you think, oh, shit, I should do more. <laughs> how, do you, how do you deal with that? I know you, you mentioned Mel sort of beating you around the ears about it, but mm. that little voice in the head that says, oh, you know, you should be doing something productive and I've just done the in inverted commas uh, action with my fingers <laughs> for the benefit yeah. of our listeners. But uh, how do you deal with that? Because it's a common thing that I find with a lot of my business um, wingman clients is you know, we get them to the stage. I've got a young guy at the moment. He's got a great business. He's making yeah. good money. Yeah. Uh, we've got a general manager in the business and he's peaking out because he's got, well, not nothing to do, but different things to do, but he's feeling mm. lazy. Yeah. How yeah. do you deal with that, mate? Yeah, well, that comes from being on the tools for so long. You, you, your uh, pre-programming says that if you're not physically working hard, you're not going to get anywhere. It's yeah. pounded into us by our dads or whatever yeah, else. Yep. So when you change your work from being so much a physical job to a mental job, that's one of the biggest challenges, which I didn't see coming. And I'm still going through it now. Some days, even now, I think, fuck, I should be doing something. But uh, I guess the way I do that is when we're busy, like we are now, I double down. So in the past, I used to get a little bit sort of, woohoo, I'm, I've succeeded. I don't do that now. I actually double down the advertising, I double down the inquiries, and I start really pushing and hustling harder because I can yeah, leverage right. that. So when you're busy, you're actually pushing to get even busier. Correct. 
Yeah. So now, because I've got, I've built the skills now to be confident enough to know that I will find good staff eventually. I know I have to go through the shit, but geez, mate, that's that is a very different conversation to ones we had a couple of years oh, ago. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I remember a different James <laughs> that uh, you know was trotting out the same thing. The business coaches all over the place here is you can't get good staff. Yeah. It's yeah. something I'd like to dig into that with you, mate, because it's an area that I know you've done a lot of work on personally, and it's been a big. I guess it's been a big um, choke point in your business, but now it sounds like it's a big part of your success. So what's been some of the changes there, mate? Well, it is the, the fundamental part of our success because if you, in a trade business, if you don't have good staff, they're your front line. They're the people that the customers interact with every day. So if you don't have good staff, you can forget trying to grow. You can forget trying to be somewhat successful or scale. Um, yep. Yep. So while it's good, it's good, but these things... Uh, aren't always going to be that way forever. Like they'll always maybe move on or something like that. So it gets back to you as a business owner to learn the skills in in leadership or for want of a better word, I don't know what the hell you call it. Um, but yeah, I, I guess it's learning how to have good relationships with everyone in your business. Obviously your staff, they're your front line, your business partner, your wife, whoever that might be, your suppliers also. Don't ever forget your suppliers, you know. I, I make it a priority every day to build those relationships, even if it's a phone call, it's about connecting, it's about, you know, gee, gee you know, that guy's a nice guy. He rings me all the time. And I get so much uh, personal growth just from doing that it's incredible so i guess the answer to your question would be building relationships and, and that in in turn creates a bit of security in your business mm. because they don't get that feeling culture or whatever you want to call it somewhere else i mean they might but this it's is your be staff different. you're talking about yeah your, your staff and all the people you do business with on a daily basis yeah yep. because it all turns around like if you've got a good relationship with your staff and then you send them off to the paint shop they've got a good relationship with you as well like oh this is dan from paintway you know um and, and it just all seems to work and, mm. and, it, and it creates that security in the business which i never had before mm. you know? why didn't you have it probably because well a i was on the tools and couldn't be fucked worrying about relationships all i wanted to do was get the job done you know, as most tradies do, you get up at six, you go hard all day, you get home, you're fucked. You know, yeah. the, you do have to do things after hours like your, your quotes and your follow-ups and that, but you have to do that. So you do it. The last thing you want to do is ring your paint rep or, or well, you don't have staff at that point anyway. So, yeah, yeah, yep. And even if you do have staff and you're on the tools with them, the last thing you're going to do is ring them up and say, oh, how are you going today? Did you have a good day today? <laughs> it's, it's just oh, not going to happen. <laughs> Delicate snowflakes, uh, yeah, that they are, mate. <laughs> Some of them might like that, but not not the guys I've seen. So, is that what you're doing now? Like, you, like you, it sounds like you've changed to be doing some of that stuff now i mean doing, jokes aside what, what do you mean ringing up your what? staff and saying how, how'd you go today did you have a good day yeah some, sometimes it's a phone call sometimes i'll like just today I've, i went from the gym to the job site which is just around the corner from here and i uh, just had a chat to them individually like it, it just depends where they're at sometimes i like to chat to them as as a group when there's only three of them at the moment sometimes there's four and uh, when I can't do that, then I'll ring them individually, like just randomly during the week. Yep. How you going? You know, anything I need to know about? Anything you want? Any concerns? And I'm really trying to create that team environment, even though it's only a very small team. But like I said before, that that is giving me this foundation so I can expand into different marketplaces and different areas. 
so you mentioned expansion, mate, uh, yeah. and I know you've got a bit of a twinkle in your eye at the moment <laughs> about business growth. Uh, yeah. it's, it probably it excites most people, the concept of growing their business. Yeah. Uh, I find it probably um, creates a lot of problems for business owners early on. So before we talk about your growth plans, mate, because <clears throat> yeah. I know you've been – I guess pushing to find that sweet spot with the business for a while. Yeah. What was the change for you where, you know, previous attempts to grow the business maybe didn't work versus now where you're, you know, sitting here in your gym gear in the middle of the day? I I don't know that I'd really given it a serious go, to be honest with you, was like um, since you, you've... you were lying to me, mate. All those times you said you were working your ass off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, working your ass off, thinking you're growing your business, but all you're doing is wearing out your joints. <laughs> you know, there's only so much you can do as a single tradie. Like even, like I said before, even if you've got someone helping you, like a trade assistant or whatever, there's only so much you can do in a day, in a week, in a month, in a year, because you just run yourself fucking ragged. You know, and, and I'm 40, what am I, 40-something. 40 40-something. 40 <laughs> yeah, You're my, not going to give it away, mate. <laughs> no, no, no. My knees are broken and, you know, my, my back's dodgy. And, you know, most tradies who get to my age would, would relate to that. Yep. You know, so I, I guess, um, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> and the ding was just another job coming in, wasn't it, mate? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's... More money just went in the bank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. The difference in previous attempts to grow the business versus – it sounds like, you know, your successful um, tilt at growing the business now. Like, what, what's what been different? I mean, you've already mentioned, you know, your personal headspace and personal growth, but what's some of the the key elements of um, getting the formula right this time? It's about skilling up. Uh, the, the personal part of it is hugely important. You can't do it without that. You've got to become someone different, but you don't know that at the time when you start. Tell me more about that, mate. You've got to become someone different. What do you mean by that? Well, not only you have to change your skill set because you're doing something now that's you haven't done before. So, and that that's there's many facets to that. Like, um, like I was saying before, you, you learn how to uh, build relationships with people is one area. The other area is you've you've got to learn to skill up in different parts of your business. Like you taught me to automate things. You you also showed me how to do a little bit about. Um, you know, the the way you advertise and all of these things don't sound like a lot and might even be obvious to some people, but it's still skills you need to learn. And this is happening daily. Like there's so many different things. It's really difficult to put, you know, oh, you've got to learn this, this and this. It's just, it's not that cut and dry. Yeah. The, the, you'll always get a problem come up. Oh, fuck, I better learn how to deal with that or um taxation is another issue. I only ever had myself to worry about. <laughs> Everyone loves that. Fucking hell, now I've got, I don't know what the numbers are. It's a lot, okay? Every three months, and so now I've got to find all this money to pay payroll tax yeah, and all this. It's exciting, mate. It's, it's exciting. exciting paying lots of tax because it means you're making lots of money. It means you're growing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so growing the business before, I thought I was doing that by working harder. Never happens. It, it's just wearing myself out mentally, yep. physically. I wasn't good for my wife or my kids. Um, you know, because you do that so hard, you end up working all day, sad day as well, because you've got no other time to do your quotes or whatever. And it, it's just a, a, a cat chasing its tail. So now that we've got these things in place, I can uh, clearly see how to grow the business. Mm. I, I guess that answers the question in a, in a sort of a fuzzy way. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that was definitely a big part of it. What, what are some of the other 
um, ingredients to this winning formula that you've hit now? I don't know if it's that winning just yet, but (laughs) but we're figuring it out, you know. Each day we're figuring it out. Um, It's... uh, Apart from personal, you mean? Uh, Apart from your mindset? Yeah. Even, Even like... Because you've always been a quality uh, business mm. where you've focused on that and it's probably hurt you a little in the past with pricing and those sorts of things. Uh, where where do you sit with that now? Have you maintained that value of doing a, a good job um, and a quality job or have you had to meet the market? Like what's oh, has anything changed there? You've got to do a bit of both. When you, when you get staff on, especially when you've got three or four staff at such a small business, Sometimes you just have to cop it on the chin and, and do the, the shitty real estate jobs. And, you know, not that they're all shitty, but they're just... Good day to all the real estate agents yeah, yeah, that yeah, listen yeah. to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'll put a bit of a plug in for them. They, they've been <laughs> instrumental in, in giving us a lot of work. So so referral well, partners have been correct. a part of it? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, what I meant by that was they're, they're nothing uh, flash. They're just bread and butter jobs, which every business needs. Okay, so you've got to do that. Um, with good staff, it gets back to good staff and, and, and leading them well you have to produce a good quality job no matter what the price is. So when you can train your staff to do that and they feel like doing that because they've got a good environment, I think that is key to your bottom line. Like like I said before, when my back's uh, when, when we're busy and I double down, well that's been huge for the for the bottom line profit because I've got that many inquiries coming in. I can pick and choose which jobs I A decide to quote on and bit which jobs B that I can give the customers, the proper, what I would want to deliver or what I would want in my own house rather than just punching out the numbers. Aren't you worried though that if you, you know, you're already busy, you're out there marketing and getting more work and you're cherry picking, you're turning people away from the business, isn't that going to hurt your reputation? Not necessarily because you're only turning away the types of jobs that you're not set up to do anyway. Like when you advertise on Google, um, we, we do a lot of SEO and we do the AdWords as well, which costs us a fortune, but we do get a lot from it. Um, I shouldn't say cost because it's an investment, right? Thanks, Was, for teaching I, me I had another question to ask you about that, mate, if you didn't correct yourself. <laughs> so I invest in that. So you get all types. You, you get people ringing up that just want you to come and fix a hole in a door, and then you get the opposite end of the scale where someone's got 50 units they want to paint. Yeah. So you have to weed through that. And you're, I guess what we're doing now, we're trying to figure out what our ideal customer is. We're still trying to do that. What segment of the industry do we want to be in? Um, and we're, we're kind of leaning towards all of that stuff now. This is what in the process we're in now, as well as looking at into other areas too. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but are you talking about looking at uh, what niche you're going into? Like, are you looking at targeting? Yeah, you could, call it, you could call it a niche or you could just call it a, a segment of the industry. Like, we, we're already currently doing a lot of body corporate stuff um, and we're just starting to get into a bit of commercial stuff. So that's the area that we want to do uh, do more of. Um, we've, got, we've got the staff to do it. We've got the know-how to do it. And we can provide probably a better quality job than someone else because we've done all of this before. I did, I did a lot of this on the Gold Coast years and years ago. So mm, mm. Um, I, I guess you call that a niche, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, yep. So, mate, um, something that not a lot of our listeners might know, probably none of them, uh, is that you actually had a crack at podcasting too. Uh, yeah, I did. I did. Can't you tell by my professional voice? <laughs> you have the podcasting voice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now... 
I I just want to talk about that in terms of um, what I sometimes refer to as the butterfly effect, and it's not the butterfly effect that most people would uh, think of. You know, a butterfly flaps its wings here, and a building falls down in uh, Seattle or something. Yeah. But uh, but it's more the butterfly effect that business owners suffer from. Of oh look, there's a butterfly. Yeah, you're talking just about shiny objects past. syndrome, aren't yeah, yeah, you? Yeah, BSA, bright shiny objects. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now it was it was a fantastic podcast, mate. I I jumped on there as a guest. Um, I loved what you guys were doing. Uh, Tell me how that, or what part that played in your success with Paintway, or maybe the opposite. Um, it well, it wasn't a detriment. Um, yep. uh, I don't know anyone who's listened to your show for a while will know that um, I raced motorcycles for a while, and motorcycles is uh, Mel and I. It, it's our that's what we do. It's our passion. We love it. And I thought, you know, we've got this bit of spare time now, so oh, hey, let, let's run a podcast, right? And I remember was telling me once before that um, it's you've got to be very careful if you want to start a business out of your passion because it'll ruin your passion and become another job. And I'm like, well, what the fuck would he know? Right? So, <laughs> He's just a stupid podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a business coach. Don't worry about that. Yeah, don't, don't listen to business coaches, mate. They're full of shit. And anyway, we, we started in the, in the first episode with shit, and we thought, but we both kind of liked it, right? So we just started ringing people and getting interviews and, and started talking about all these different subjects and we really really enjoyed it but it got to the point we only did like i think 25 or 26 episodes or something it got to the point where it did actually start to feel like a job it's like oh fuck we've got to record now we've got no subject what are we going to do you know and um people don't realize the amount of work that goes into a freaking podcast like, <laughs> um, the benefit of doing that though with the painting business was um you you were getting me back in 2015 to do a lot of videos and short videos and and, and all that uh, content marketing, right? Well, the podcast was brilliant for that because on top of the podcast, we did motorcycle reviews and I was having to talk to myself inside the helmet with the camera on and then stand in front of the camera and, and the podcast talking uh, you know, to a microphone like this really helped me do that. And now when I do a Paintway video, it's like, boom, it just comes out. I don't have to edit anything and it just works. So, so. I've, I've led you into... Uh, a topic I want to talk to you about, which is content marketing. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. If, if you is the podcast still up? Have you? It, it's left still it? up, and we yep. haven't really like canned it. We just haven't yeah. done anything for most of the year because we've yeah. been so busy growing Paintway. We haven't had chance to to really get, drill down and do anything with it. And the reality with podcasts is uh, most of them come and go quite quickly. Yeah, they're like shooting stars. Yeah, uh, there's not many that that are long running. Um, consistent shows. Yeah. So it's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. It, it, yeah. The gloss goes off after about 30 episodes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. It becomes a job then. Yep. Absolutely. And look, I've, I even took a break uh, with the Tradies Business Show, had some big changes yeah. uh, about six months ago now, uh, where, you know, Michaela and I parted company. Yeah. And, um, and I actually thought about stopping the Tradies Business Show as well. I'm glad um, you didn't, was, because it's a bloody good show. And I think it fills in a, a market segment that is not really being done that well. Like, um, I, I don't know if there's a, too many other, you know, tradies shows out there on the podcast land because I don't listen to them. Was I only listen to yours? <laughs> <laughs> you can just leave the fifty bucks by the door, mate. Yeah, is it only fifty? <laughs> Shit, I get out of that cheap. <laughs> oh, hang on, I'm supposed to pay you, aren't I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is not paid content. Uh, but but 
um, the the show, I just wanted to give a plug for yours, mate, is, is yeah. Moto Talk, M O T O T O R Q. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was a great show about motorcycles. I'm a I'm a temporary Australian as well, uh, and you know we have a shared passion of uh, of two wheeled motorsport. So mm. it was it was a good podcast. But I'm more interested in, I guess, and you've already mentioned it, the lessons for you about content marketing and how that's actually helped Paintway. Yeah. Well, as I said before, it, it uh, helped me with doing the videos and things, which. To be honest, I need to do a lot more of, which I'm going to start doing again. Um, but yeah, it because when you first mentioned that, it's like, the fuck do I want to do that for? It's like, and it was really difficult to do. You know, sitting in the car, talking to your bloody phone, you feel like a complete <laughs> moron. <laughs> but after a while, it kind of becomes just natural. You pick it up, you talk, and it's done, right? Every 21-year-old is doing it, mate. Well, us, us old blokes might <laughs> no. as well have a go as well. <laughs> well, exactly. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't see where you were actually going with it, but it's really, really awesome for the, what Mel does on Instagram and stuff with the business. And, and we don't actually get direct. We do actually get a couple, but not what you'd get from Google or anything like that. But it's more of an awareness thing. Uh, we had the owner of Fitzy's Hotel. We're doing the front of that building coming up in December. And he actually found us on Instagram. And he said, oh, I've been following your posts for ages. Uh, then I saw your ad on Google and, you know, we, I just trusted you. I knew you were around. I knew you were local. And that's how it works. So mm. there's the key for content marketing. And, um, and can I, if you're willing to share with our listeners, because obviously National Show Mode, most people have no idea what Fitzy's is. Um, forgetting about the, the hotel itself, yeah. are you willing to share the sort of dollar size of the job or how many yeah. days of work or something, just to give them an idea of the size of job you've won off the back yeah, of content the, marketing? The job itself's not that that great as in huge money. Yep. It's, it's only like a $14,000 job, so yep. uh, which we'll punch out in a week. But the, the good thing about that is because it's the front of a pub, yep. it's in the middle of Margaret Street, right? Yeah, it's in the centre of Toowoomba City. Yeah, we've got to do all the freaking OH&S stuff. We've got to, all the scaffolding's got to be right. We've got to get council permits. We're going to block off half the road. So, of course, we're going to have our big banners everywhere. And uh, this is Paintway. This is what we do because that's what more I want to get into it with. So this job's more about that than the money. Like the money's like, hey, you get whatever, you know. But so. the fact that you're even thinking about well, it's only a fourteen grand job, which some people would be, you know, falling out of their cars over that. Yeah, um, and some yeah. some of our listeners would be going, "Yeah, big deal." Yeah, yeah. But you're you're talking about the other value in that work is the yeah. exposure and having your banners in in the centre of Toowoomba City. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's one of Australia's biggest regional cities still. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think you were saying before, apparently it's the second best city to live in in Australia. Correct, uh, it is. Well, it was voted it, that I think last year or the year before. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. It must have been when I moved here, mate. It could, absolutely was. Yeah. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's why they didn't win it this year. <laughs> uh, so still on the content marketing, um, how? How does that help your sales process, or does it does it help your sales process and and uh, you know winning work? What well, part does it, play? Um, it does in an awareness sense, and you know the more jobs you do like that, it gives you more credibility. So you no longer have to beat people's heads in to get them to you know choose you over the next guy. Um, since we've started doing a lot of that that Instagram stuff and and all of that, we get. Um, jobs where we wouldn't expect to get them and we're actually dearer than the next guy. But they, they feel comfortable with us because they see us everywhere. So so hang on, I just I just want to reiterate that. And I want you to lean into the microphone when we talk about... Of course, about if I get any closer, I'll be kissing the fucking thing. <laughs> so just, you, you just said that 
you winning work even though you're more expensive. Yes. Right. Not all the time, no. but it's happening a lot more than it ever used to. I was, I think I called you a number of times throughout 2016, banging my head against the wall, thinking, how can I get this fucking price up? I was banging my head against the wall too, mate. Don't worry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd see your number come up. I was like, oh, shit, that's why you had to ring me three times. Yeah, yeah. Well, what does he want now? <laughs> Funny you didn't block my number. <laughs> I tried, but they wouldn't let me. But but so, yeah, so you you are actually able to charge uh, the right price more often than before. Yeah, it's not about being expensive or being the dearest. It's about having the right amount of money to produce the job that you want to produce, and that gives you that credibility. It gives you reputation. It 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 also makes my freaking job as a business owner or salesman or whatever you want to call it out in the field way easier because you know if someone says oh what have you done recently i just show them the website and have a look at the before and afters are you on facebook are you on instagram i've got some youtube videos up there go and have a look at those Hmm. um it's all evidence isn't it yeah it's all evidence but it it all adds to your credibility and in a in a place like toowoomba that's really important but i think it's important no matter where you are because even if you're in a city as big as melbourne or sydney you still have to start at your local suburb level then you grow out from there once you get your systems right Absolutely. It's interesting, you know, we, we, you know, we live in one of Australia's biggest regional cities, um, but it's still a small country town. Yeah, it has a small country town mindset, most definitely. And it's funny because people in the metropolitan areas, and, and a lot of my listeners come from metro areas, um, you're all still working in small communities. Mm. And so you, you kind of still have to apply that same mindset that, the evidence is really important. Testimonials and referral yeah. partners and all those sorts of strategies are very, very important because you don't work in Sydney. No. You work in, you know, Pennant Hills yeah, or yeah. Borkham Hills or whatever, you know, whatever your little patch is yeah. because there's so many more tradespeople yeah. in those areas. So, you know, all of these strategies are very, very important. It's that, you know, buy local kind of thing and there's a big push totally. for that anyway. Totally. And um, lucky for us, trade it, any trade is something that you can't freaking outsource. You can't buy it from China. You can't get it on Amazon. You know, gives a shit. We're going to be here. And there's a shortage of tradies coming on as well because the young people, the, the, I don't want to yeah. fucking do that. Well, what do I want to paint someone's house for? Yep. So yep. that all helps us create better businesses if you're that way inclined. But good p- case in point was we spent the 90s as a family business growing the business here in Toowoomba. Then, for whatever reason, I had my first wife, we moved to the Gold Coast. But I took that same small town mentality to the Gold Coast with my brother, and we built up a really good business down there because we focused on all of that shit, all the real personal building relationships, doing all that stuff. Whereas a business that come from the city, Brisbane, Gold Coast, wherever, to Toowoomba, they get run out of town within a couple of months because they're trying to, you know, bash them on the head and get the work done and then just move on. It just doesn't work that way. And you hear, um, I, I even hear that in Toowoomba here, and, and I've been here for about 18 months now, mm. is just in my travels amongst local business people and trades people is moaning about the Brisbane contractors that come yeah. up here, rape and pillage, and then piss off back to Brisbane. That's exactly what uh, they do, yeah. And there's well, no not loyalty all. and that sort of stuff. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's that's yeah. a generalisation, and all generalisations yeah. are bad. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if anybody will get that joke. Um, it's only Wednesday. so uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not even, we haven't had any beer yet either. No. Was, <laughs> Although I have had four coffees already today. So, um, But yeah, mate, that, that's, uh, you know, business is all about people. 
Yeah. Really, at the end yeah. of the day, we're doing yeah. business with people. Yeah. Um, it's a good point you make about skills shortage and, and sort of losing those skilled tradesmen. Um, what do you think is the solution to that in this country? Uh, it's difficult. Uh, we've just put on a, an apprentice for the first time. Um, and he's a really good kid. He's a third year apprentice, three and a half years, and um, great kid, great attitude, been through a bit of a rough run. Uh, but we've given him a go and he's working out really well. But you know, you hear horror stories. Um, I think the, the it, it's, I think there's an Australian culture around being fucking lazy. And let's be honest, like it, it is like that because you get your foreigners come over here, they drive the taxis, they do all the shit work, they do the cleaning. Australians won't fucking do that. It's the same in the painting industry. I don't know about other trades, but with our industry, it's like, you know, you pay me 40 bucks an hour and I'll do my own thing. It's like they don't give a shit about anything. And if something goes wrong with their life, they they, they just dump you like you're a hotcake. What do you think care. that is, mate? What do you think that is? I don't know where it's come from. I, I really don't. But I have found, though, that the more skilled the person, the, the more commitment they have to their work, which is hard to find. Um, so in answer to the question, I don't know how we're going to fix that. I really don't. I, I don't have... Um, if, if apprentices aren't, aren't the answer, what is it? Recognise prior learning? Like, do we get older people and skill them up? I, I don't know. Do we have to get foreigners in as well? Mm. You know? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting problem, and I know it's being talked about a lot, and uh, thank you for being controversial on my show, James. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, uh, was The opinions of my guests are entirely their own and not uh, supported by the Tradies Business Show. <laughs> uh, it's not like me to be opinionated. No, mate, no, no, you don't have many opinions about everything. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's definitely a problem that I'm seeing with a lot of trades is that loss of... I think that old wisdom and knowledge, uh, and I was having this similar conversation with a client yesterday who's uh, a fairly um, sizable cabinet maker in Brisbane, mm. and for him to get skilled workers is becoming increasingly difficult, and it's actually strangling his business growth because yeah. yeah. he's having to do a lot of those high-level management and project management tasks because he can't find people who are actually skilled enough to do that, and so he's having yeah. to develop internally. Which leads me to a question for you, James. You've just brought on an apprentice. What are you doing internally to, uh, I guess, solve that problem for your business? You mean solving the problem of getting new staff or upskilling? Yeah, yeah. Like you brought on an apprentice. Yeah. Um, that, that can be a bit hit and miss, mate. Yeah. How are you getting results with your guy? By creating a culture. Like, um, I'm lucky enough to find Dan, to have found Dan, who's been with me now for, shit, it must be getting on for a year or, or close to it. Yep. He's my foreman, right? So he's got some uh, really good work ethics, uh, great attitude, and he's happy to help. So he basically has taken on that side of the business on his own bat. And when the other two uh, go to work, it's like he's helping create that culture as well. So he's happy to teach teach young Zach. He's happy to point him in the right direction. Brendan, our other guy, he's only a brush hand, but he should be a tradesman. He's really well-skilled. And I was only talking to them today about... Um, to Brendan about how to, you know, get his qualifications up. So I guess what I'm saying is the goal for everybody in the business has got to be greater than just turning up, getting a paycheck and going home and drinking all weekend, turning up Monday morning with a hangover. Seems to be a bit of a Australian tradie culture. I don't know why, but, you know, if you can create that atmosphere where your staff have got more to go to work for than just their money. And I think that's, that's what we're doing. We're trying to, keep that and grow that and push that 
Yep, yep. Tough question for you, mate. If you could boil it down to one thing that you do that's actually promoting that culture, what what would it be? Like if you could put your finger on the main thing that you guys have done with Paintway. Realising that you don't have to, to rule with an iron fist. Huh. You have to trust people to do their fucking job. The, even if that's the way they've been learnt, you've got to give them a bit of space and a bit of trust. And um, sometimes I give too much trust, but, it, it, you know, it, it's a matter of managing it. But, yeah, that's what I would say. So when you do that, you, you give too much trust. How do you deal with that? Well, you just kick yourself in the ass and say, I won't fucking do that again. <laughs> <laughs> give yourself an uppercut. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But what about the fallout from that? I mean, obviously, you've um, let someone go on a job or something. Or what's, what's an example Not, not of so much with the current team that we've got now, because I learned a lot by having shit staff prior to that. Um, in saying that, though, they weren't all shit. I had some really good tradesmen that, that have moved on for whatever reason, had nothing to do with... You know, I'm resisting the urge to coach you here, James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing well, Was So, so yeah, um, where was I? Yeah, so how do you do Like, trust too much. Oh, the, the fallout, um, when I started doing that, when I didn't have the right people to trust, actually nearly ruined my business because I had to, you know, kick them off jobs. I've had to go and finish the jobs on my own. I actually had to bring a friend in of mine who actually worked with me for a little bit, Nick, a great tradesman. He's one of the uh, other painters in town. It's his son. We still still mates today. He doesn't work with me now, but he went on to do other things. But there was a time there where I had three brush ends completely fucking up a job, and I sacked them all. And I had I called Nick and I said, "Can you come and give us a hand?" And we both smashed that job out and got it fixed. That was a massive lesson because that customer, he owns um, uh, one of the, the huge bakery factories here in town. So he's quite a wealthy guy, big business guy, has a lot of work, right? I was really, really stressed about that. Um, and we've got more work with him. He he could see what was going on, and, and I was I was managed to save that relationship. But man, that could have been re- catastrophic for a business in a in, in a place like Toowoomba. Mm. So that that was one of the worst fallouts that I'd had by trusting people too much and trying to be off the tools and not being there, watching them every five minutes. You know, but you shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, so would you say, and and for me, just listening to your languaging there, so trying to be off the tools, and yet that's what you've done now. So what's different, mate? What do you mean? Other than just the people. Like, obviously, you can trust the team you've got now. Yeah. Uh, I'll put the words in your mouth, mate. Talk to me about your systems. Systems are key, absolutely key. Um, we have systems around, well, I have systems personally around the quoting and stuff that I do. Uh, we've got an online platform that we use as well. And I'm able to log Dan, my foreman, into that and he can see all the job sheets. He can see what's coming up and it helps him manage as well. So it gives, A, it gives them, him a bit of uh, ownership around that stuff. But it also makes the whole thing work like a well-oiled machine. Isn't that a bit over the top for a four-man painting business, mate? No, not at all. And it, it allows you to scale as well. Like It's just a matter of doing what you're doing now and more of it. So no, I don't think so at all. No. Which is a nice little segue into what's next for for James and Mel and Paintway, mate. You got to have big goals, you know. Our goals back then in 2015 when I employed you and I wanted to get off the tools, my my think wasn't big enough. It seriously wasn't. Um at that time all I wanted to do was just get get some staff and 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 get off the tools and run the business. Now the goals are way bigger than that. Uh, we want to start investing in real estate again like we were doing before. Um Man, yeah, the biggest change I think also is 
getting excited about being able to grow the business into those other sectors I was talking about, mm -hmm. but also into other areas as well. We can take what we've done here, plonk it in, in say, Ipswich or, you know, Forest Lakes or somewhere like that and do the exact same thing. So there's, there's no end to that, you know. And that's that's one of the fabulous things about those systems. Not only does it make your life easier now, mm. but like you say, mate, it opens up the business to the. I guess it's that cookie cutter approach mm. without losing your culture and your personal feel and all that sort of stuff. But it does allow you to go and do it again somewhere else. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's you couldn't do it without it. You, you know, we couldn't. talk about the McDonald's model of of systemizing a business, mm. um, and everybody sort of poo poos that because it has no soul. You know, there's no there's no people aspect to that business but that's just the business model that they've run with because their business is more about real estate and less about hamburgers it's yeah absolutely and it's making it easier for your people right and it also gives them something to refer back to as well that's right so it is about people yes yeah. it's not just cold and computerized yeah you know exactly um, i can i can get onto a quote i've got my ipad in my hand it does all the thinking for me so i can spend that time connecting with the customer you're twice as smart as you used to be then. Oh, pretty much. <laughs> only because of you, guys. Well, you've got an iPad doing your thinking for you, mate. You must be a genius. Well, you know what I mean. It just crunches Sorry, the mate, numbers. I couldn't resist the opportunity to take the mic. Yeah, I'm just a dumb painter, mate. Come on now. <laughs> so, James, uh, a question that I've been asking guests on the show for uh, some years now is if you had a 1,000 tradies in a room, what's one piece of advice or, or, you know, tidbit of wisdom that you would like to leave them with? Get out of your own fucking way and build relationships. It doesn't matter how small that relationship is. Suppliers, staff, partners, everything to do with your everyday life in your business, grow that and the money will follow. Cool. Good advice, mate. Well, uh, mate, thanks for coming into the very flash studio here <laughs> in, uh, in Toowoomba. Uh, it's good to be up here with you, mate. Um, We'll have to go for a motorbike ride soon. Don't yeah, it's on the cards, and it? it was a, yeah. a midweek ride. Yeah. It's the domain of middle-aged businessmen. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be. We we'll joined yeah. the club, mate. But yeah. uh, mate, thanks to, for coming in. It's fantastic to see the results you guys are getting, and uh, and just you know the change in you. I can see it, listeners, sitting here with James. He's just he's literally glowing. <laughs> so, uh, mate, always a pleasure. Um, thanks yeah. for your time. Glad to be here, mate. Thanks, Woz. You've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell. Want to get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.